Genesis 1.31 says that on the sixth day, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Let me welcome you, therefore, to Very Good Christian Podcast. Join Blair Davis and me, Sean Fowler, as we think through and discuss various aspects of faith, culture, the church, and every other topic that has ever, at any time, moseyed its way into the mind of man such as the perfect length for a beard. That being said, enjoy the show. send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Hello. Welcome to Very Good Christian Podcast. I am Sean Fowler. I'm Blair Davis. And we are so happy that you are joining us. So for this episode, this is our our next installment, like a full on discussion And we are diving into a controversial uh, subject within Christianity that really is always um, controversial. It is the the question of judgment, of Christians judging other Christians. Is this okay? Is it always a sin or no? That's what we're here to find out. Yeah. And really it it is so important because it's also something that is mentioned by non-believers frequently as mm. like a reason why they you know stay away from the church that oh the, every everyone's just so judgmental and in our culture as well basically and you don't even really have to be a christian like anyone being judged for anything anything is just completely unacceptable and so we want to look at this from a biblical perspective and we're going to be focusing primarily on Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus teaches on the subject and, and gives a, a, pretty, a pretty powerful teaching and one that uh, might be hard to bear. Mm. Let us read. This is from the ESV. So we're in Matthew chapter 7, and we're starting in verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's I got praise you. you, Lord Christ. That's gospel. I guess you're right. Oh man, he you out Anglicaned me. <laughs> oh no. I would hang my head in shame if I were capable of shame. Now uh here we have 
Jesus teaching to a group of people, at least how it's set up in Matthew, of course, he had done all these signs and mm -hmm. wonders, great crowds had accumulated. He ends up going up into this mountain, slightly turning around, sitting down, and boom, mm -hmm. teaching. His disciples are there at his feet, and then huge crowds, and mm -hmm. he kind of lays out, like, this is what life is like in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. uh, so, part of it, a very important part, on judging. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, technically, they're not a bunch of Christians here, because nope. they couldn't be Christians yet. But it, it's a group of believing people, mm -hmm. and Jesus is teaching about, you know, how one lives his life when living in this community of God, in, mm -hmm. in the future Christian community. So it says, judge not, and then the older translation is, lest not, excuse me, judge not, lest you be judged. Mm -hmm. So, Blair, what do you think? Judge not. Should we just leave it there? Don't judge. That's, right, a common slogan. We just quote that beginning part by Christ. Yeah. Why are you judging me, brah? Bible says not to judge. Um, I mean, you could at least finish the sentence, which is, you know, or lest ye be judged or <laughs> yeah. or uh, or you too will be judged which still other... which probably still helps the argument right mm -hmm. judge not or else you will be judged mm -hmm. and none of us want to be judged right so sure so what do you think valid we've you know we've exegeted this passage let's move on no i'm not so sure about it to be honest mhm mm um i so i'm not totally sure if that sentence because you know sometimes whether it's jesus or paul or whomever they they tend to speak as if you know like like for this instance just to you know quicken it up do do not judge or you too will be judged i'm wondering if that's because it says or you know basically or else you'll be judged is that specifically according to you know people like you're going to be judged by other people if you judge other people which is which is a way to start to say don't kind of don't have a judgmental attitude so basically the way you do this towards other people it's going to happen back to you like mm -hmm. by them yeah. is that it or is he saying that god is going to judge you mm -hmm. um well i think in the next sentence it starts with that you know in the same way um you judge others you will be judged so um i'm not i just i'm just that's a question you know i'm wondering is it is it saying God because God's going to judge us regardless in the day of judgment? So are we are we saying that um, do, don't judge other people or you'll be judged by God because God's yeah he's the judge anyway? So I tend to lean towards it means um, I guess what it's saying you know don't judge people or people will judge you. Yeah, and but, but I think that it can also be referencing the divine as well, because mm -hmm. um, God, th there's different spots in Scripture where Jesus, I mean, this is really one of them, where he's advocating for mercy, mm -hmm. and he's showing that extending mercy, even in situations where maybe someone doesn't deserve it, that this is a godly thing, that it brings the blessing of God, mm -hmm. uh, be because you're, you know, do not judge, because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Mm -hmm. So it is possible that God's going to kind of hold you to that standard yeah. that you um, made for other people, maybe unjustly. Um, uh, it reminds me of 
the, well, well, maybe a little bit of that servant who was forgiven his debt. And then he goes out and finds someone that owes him money mm-hmm. and he doesn't extend any mercy to him. Yeah. And it was and, a lot less of a debt. Oh, oh, sure. Yes. It was, it was exponentially less. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? The, the, the figure who is God in mm-hmm. the story throws him in hell. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, so it reminds me of that as well. Now, so we're not judging mm-hmm. because that same measure of judgment is what's going to be given to us, whether it be from other people. But I still think that that's valid, that it's also making a principle about other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is going to be brought onto us. So it is a, a, a caution not to enter into judgment. Now, what about the whole... The, this this sentiment that it's basically just a blanket prohibition on judging because that's normally how it's taken mm-hmm. people will just bring up will judge not and and, and, it, and if it, it goes together well with basically this this feeling that being judged at all is wrong mm-hmm. by other people yeah and again if you leave it in just that sentence which as you know as you started talking about it I almost I felt a temptation just to leave, to leave it at that sentence like well that does sum it up but it it continues which is sometimes that's important in scripture to remember is that it doesn't end with that one sentence sure that there's any more case, there yeah. yes I think we can say definitively that it's not a blanket prohibition mm-hmm. against judging yeah I mean that's quite clear mm-hmm. and it's not just Christians that are judgmental Oh, know, sure, everybody sure. judges everybody so to say you know do not judge or you too will be judged i just tend to think we're you know we're, even if i wasn't at all judgmental and didn't hold anybody accountable for anything and didn't let anything that's ever happened to me cause me to judge you know i would still be judged for everything by plenty of people yes and that is an important point to make because in our society, it definitely, in my experience, seems that in, in the popular imagination, religious <laughs> people have this special degree of judgmentalness that, you know, just a lot of the society just sees the church as, oh, it's so judgmental. It's all as if they're not, you know, being just as judgmental. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it could be, oh, yeah, but you're supposed to be God's people, so you shouldn't be. Yeah, so oh, you shouldn't. You know, okay. But uh, yes, it does appear that way. Like there's this, uh, you know, this just crazy judgmentalness mm-hmm. that's not normally there. I wonder how true that is. Like, obviously, you can't go around and measure everyone's judgmentalness. But if you were able to, I wonder, like, what, you know, like how the Christian community mm-hmm. would compare to the general population. If you watch any. Uh... CW or ABC Family show and you've got the um like the the Christian like high schooler that's starts off super uptight and super judgmental and then they turn out to have some sort of thing conversion yeah con- yeah they, they become unchristian but say they're christian kind of thing so or they have the super judgmental parents yeah like the I'm any show that I've ever watched no matter how woke or not woke it was i can remember the the like kind of stereotype christian parent that hate like disowns the daughter for getting pregnant or hates the the gay friend or you know, hates the 
person with dyed hair or tattoos and then they have to prove to the christian parent that they're not who they think or something like that so if you oh, pay sure. if you pay attention to popular media yeah christians are the worst <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i mean not that there are any people that align with these sort of depictions but mm-hmm. uh, by and large most christians do not oh yeah we like a good straw man to beat up on mm-hmm. i mean i do personally. Yeah, they're the worst they're easy on the knuckles you mm-hmm. know but carrying on into the next sentence right for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and mm-hmm. with the measure you used it will be measured to you Yes, absolutely. So it's the, basically, it's it's kind of like you're going to reap what you sow, and mm-hmm. you need to be mindful of this. You need to be mindful of you and what you have done, which flows directly into his illustration mm-hmm. for this. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? And then you're focused on the person next to you Mm -hmm. and they have a, so think about it. I mean, like a speck. So you probably have gotten something on your eyeball before. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wear glasses, so maybe you haven't. (laughs) Yeah. I wear glasses now. (laughs) Yeah. They look like they would block things well. And I mean, I certainly maybe more than, than most because I wear contacts frequently and just like getting things on your eye, like a little speck being being on your eye Mm -hmm. is, uh, Oh, it's so annoying. Oh, it's the worst. And like, mm-hmm. you can't get it out. You're blinking forever, especially because I do construction too. So I will literally get sawdust in my eye. It's like mm-hmm. stuck to my eyebrow and then it falls down yeah. and then like, Argh. or something on your eyelid that's hanging there, making it a little weighty. Sure. Sure. And so your brother, sister in Christ has a little speck on the eyeball mm-hmm. and you're noticing that and you're going over and say, Oh, Hey, Hey, let me help you with that. I guess this is a question. How hard do you have to be looking at this person to notice the speck? Mm-hmm. Right. How many times have you gone to somebody else and said, hey, do I have something in my eye? Mm-hmm. Because you and can they, feel yeah, it. And they peer in or they have to kind of yes. squint and get close. I was thinking something similar when, when you mentioned the just immediately, you know, when you were bringing up, um, you don't see the log in your own eye. Because you're right, you'd have to focus, but also you'd have to be ignoring actively something in your own. So really, you're he's talking about being half blind, real, you know, mostly, I think. Yeah. And I wonder, is it it's like a willful ignorance? Mm-hmm. Because think about it. If you have a log in your and of course, this is hyperbolic language here to a whole log. But, you know, mm-hmm. so let's do what we can to try to play out all of the different ramifications of the statements he's making, right? So if you have a mm-hmm. log in your eye, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's it's huge. You can't see anything out of that eye. Mm-hmm. You know it's there. It's this gigantic detriment to you, but you're just purposefully ignoring its existence yeah. so that you can stare down your brothers and sisters in Christ looking at this tiny speck. Like, like I said, you would have to be so focused on them, so nitpicking, Mm-hmm. To find a speck that's on their eyeball, especially yeah. when you've got a log. This is Jesus's teachings and his stories. They're just so good. They're yeah. so good. When you really dig in, it's like, man. Yeah. And I would say, unless we're wrong about it, then this isn't stuff that we just kind of came up with. Jesus 
had to have intended it. You know, if it's if it's you know if you read into the the text and it's what you're bringing out is correct, you know, this isn't what we're coming up with again unless we are incorrect for whatever reason in analyzing this. It's this is what Jesus meant. You know, Jesus was intentional about the details. So I just yeah. wanted to specify that it's not us over reading into the text because you know god isn't um lacking in reasoning he's not lacking in evidence or any anything of that nature so he's he's looking at you know in this teaching but you know inside and outside of time like this is a timeless teaching this wasn't just for the group of people who were watching him preach sure so he's, sure he's taking in everything is what i'm yeah and and so like on that point all right, people do, and it's more so with the parables. Mm -hmm. They there's a certain camp with um, regarding how to interpret the parables that says, "Do not try to as assign a meaning to every detail of the parable." It's mm -hmm. there's one main point that's being made, and that's what you need to find and focus on. Yeah, I've heard that. This is not a parable, though, mm -hmm. but still, someone could make that sort of argument. Oh, it's it's the main point. You shouldn't really pick apart all the details, but nobody knows that. Mm -hmm. Jesus very well could have had all the details in here, you know, used for a particular purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically we're just like dissecting the word of God and trying to dig into it. So yeah. it's all good. But, uh, and we're not even getting super deep. I mean, these are no. general observations, you know, just by reading oh, sure. the text. We're not looking at why he used that word or that word. It's, oh, yes. This, we're this not is looking the at situation. The, Parts of speech or looking yeah. at it in Greek and trying, you know, doing yeah. sentence diagramming yeah. and stuff. We it's could, just, and that's perfectly valid, but it's not what we're doing right now. Yeah. I'm just saying we're not, yeah, we're not even over, over reading the situation. We're saying this is what the word says. And to have this situation, that would mean this. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, again, just to sum up that part, I mean, think about the absurdity of this situation. You have an individual who is at least half blind, who has a gigantic, conspicuous impediment to his vision that he knows, that even people around him know. Mm -hmm. And yet he's purposefully ignoring it so that he can focus on this other person and say, oh my goodness, I think you got a little speck on your eyeball. Let me take that out for you. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. Yeah, and you don't trust him. <laughs> you don't trust that guy. But who is this supposed to be describing? Believers. Us. Yeah. A apparently, Jesus sees this scenario as so common mm -hmm. that he blanket, like a, he gives us as a blanket description yeah. of everybody listening to him. Think about how common this scenario must be. Yeah, he wasn't answering a Pharisee's question about, hey, if this happens, it's, yeah, he's... Yeah, preaching. Yeah. Teaching, you know. And so after he, he describes that scenario, he mm -hmm. then says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Ooh. Hypocrite. Um, Jesus doesn't like them. <laughs> no. He calls the religious leaders that you just mentioned hypocrite quite frequently. Mm -hmm. um, there's some other spots in scripture where, where the term is used. And it's like, that's one where it's a transliteration um, instead of a translation. So it's just the Greek letters brought over into English. The, the Greek word is, uh, you could pronounce it, hypocrites. But the word translated means actor, 
Oh. Yeah. And think about the idea of a hypocrite and God saying, like that idea of hypocrite, Jesus takes the word that means actor, and that's the word that he uses. Mm-hmm. How fitting. Yeah. Right? Someone who puts on a mask and pretends to be someone that they're not, because that's how the acting would have been den- done in the ancient world, in the Greco-Roman world, like masks are, are worn and, mm-hmm. you know, elaborate costumes. And just, you're acting. It's not you. Yeah. It's a, portray- a portrayal. of Yeah, of something that, yeah, like you said, is not you. But you're not being paid for it. It's not your occupation. You're mm-hmm. living out this acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But And right after that, so I, I like that we dove into that word specifically because it's, you know, he, he doesn't use that word lightly. And then, yeah, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So it's almost... All that stuff about not judging somebody, but then it's, this is how you make the judgment, you know? So Jesus makes room for Christians judging one another. Yeah. Hmm. This is true. (laughs) Yeah. And, well, how do you feel about that? I mean, honestly, it stinks sometimes, but I think everybody needs correction. And that's... That's the point is judgment from, you know, uh, brother to sister, brother to brother, sister to brother. They, it's not something that is to be taken lightly because to be fair to the people that read this and think that means not judging, there's a lot of emphasis on not judging. And before he gives the instruction on how to judge, he uses the word hypocrite so you can get Mm -hmm. you know you could really if you're looking at just this paragraph you can get a you know um two-thirds or more of the way through it you know until the instruction on how to judge rightly is even before he permits judging at all exactly so it's 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 tough because i don't know many people who do that you know who who take judgment that specifically because he's saying get right with yourself get it you know you get it right because i guess if, if you're if you're also ready to make a judgment on somebody that could also be kind of the the log illustration is it's not because ju- a speck is one thing a log's got to be kind of an accumulation of things or it's just it's a bigger deal than this speck i don't i don't really know what specifically he would have meant with the size of something in the eye. Um, but it, it, I think it's pretty clear, you know, he's saying get, get this sin or get these issues or this attitude or, you know, whatever it will be, get this out of your life before you, before you, it even says before you will, um, see clearly to take the spec. So it's not even do this and then this, you know, it's it's a step. It's a it's a process. Yeah. I will uh, admit, not that it's like this hard, really hard thing <laughs> to admit, but uh, until just recently, and un- just until like the past several weeks, I, when it came to this teaching, really dismissed the caution against judging, mm-hmm. choosing only to focus on the part where Jesus permits it. 
And part of it was reaction to all of the people that go overboard with the judge not part, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, nope, Jesus said judge not. Okay, well, can you... Can you recite any of the rest of the teaching? Probably (laughs) not. He actually permits judging to happen. And there are certain spots in scripture where this happens. Mm -hmm. And actually, up until recently, I used to like erroneously think that, I think it's first Peter, but but there's this statement that judgment begins in the house of God, Mm -hmm. in the household of God. And someone had mentioned that one time in defense of judging. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically asserting that it meant Christians judging one another. And then I read it however many months ago. Again, I hadn't read it in a while or really paid attention to it when I read it. And it's talking about God judging his children, mm-hmm. like like God's judgment on us. It's not talking about it. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so like at, around that same time, I was looking more closely at this passage mm-hmm. and as you when you're really looking at it um without trying to do it impartially and, and trying not to like assert your preconceived doctrinal positions mm-hmm. onto the text i realize like yes jesus permits the judging in this teaching but like you mentioned it's just barely mm-hmm. there is such a strong caution against judging and and again this crazy scenario that he paints for us with someone that's so hypocritical and fault finding when this person is full of fault of his own Mm -hmm. he just gives that out to crowds and crowds of people and it, it must be obviously jesus knows the human condition and it must be such a common occurrence for this to be the way that people judge Mm -hmm. that he He describes this as everyone listening to him, you hypocrite, get the log out of your own eye. Mm -hmm. And it it really hit me like, wow, like, absolutely. There, there is time for judgment, Mm -hmm. but most of the time, it seems like most of the time when Christians judge, they're actually doing it in a hypocritical manner Mm -hmm. because we have the blinders on and we're not looking at our own stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a problem. And, and I, because I'm someone, I think critically about stuff. I like to look at things and break it into its parts and like, you know, Do put you? it to the test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably the reason why I'm even involved in this podcast, right? Because, th- and, but there's something different with being critical of an idea rather than of a person. Oh. One thing we need to separate the, the, the ideas from the people and the sin from the sinner, that sort of thing. Mm. And sometimes it's hard to do that. But we need to we need to love and we need to be merciful. And there are, there's time to bring that correction. There are times when this needs to happen. But Jesus is really cautioning us mm-hmm. and showing us that a lot of the times when we do that, we're in the wrong. Yeah. And I like the broadness of the the speck in the eye versus the log of the eye, personally. And when you're talking about being safe or being cautious about judging because you know, as, as a, a husband, you know, who Brooke and I have been married almost three years. And so not a lot of time, but I can so often find myself judging other married couples and, you know, all the stuff that maybe I'm doing better, but not 
you know, better being, you know, by, I guess, biblical standard. Like, maybe I'm teaching her more than other husbands teach, or I'm leading more or in a more, I guess, righteous direction. You know, things like that. But I don't, you know, and I'm so quick to then cast that judgment because I'm thinking, well, the log's out of my eye, but it's it's out of my eye in that situation. But as a, as a husband, I'm in no place to judge other husbands regardless unless it's in my opinion you know, unless the husband's smacking his wife around or something then I'm, I'm i'm clean on that <laughs> you know that yeah that one's out of my eye but you know if you look at a husband being you you kind of see a husband being unloving it's okay but is there a fly on the wall in my house whenever i'm unloving or unkind sure. i'm glad there's not you know so it's no, I hear you. Yeah, it's just it's a broad spectrum. It's you know this is teach people that teach other people, you know you gotta you be cautious when you're looking at another teacher because you don't know their experience or how they their way of teaching might not be the same. Does that warrant judgment? I don't think so. You know, there's there's so much in the 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 Christian walk that could warrant correction, but it's. Yeah, it's that caution. If you're not in a place to offer the correction, but you want to offer it, then get in the place. Because when you're not in a place uh, to, to offer correction, you're just going to probably make it worse and then make yourself look bad. But when you take that log out of your eye and you see clearly, you can see the real, wow, you can see the real correction that needs to be made. And it's not it's not just about the speck. It's about how to take the speck out Mm -hmm. it's it's you know there's it's so it's so much more if you know do you agree or not now but do you think is it actually possible to get the log out completely to get it out enough so that it permits you to is jesus painting a picture here where he's actually saying no it's it's never okay to be judging because although he says if you take the log out um according to like human standards, even Christian human standards, that log will never be fully out. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a possibility? It's tough. because So I know I'm not there and I'm going to make that very clear. <laughs> I said it myself, but I, I believe that although, we, you know, every person Christian or not has sin, I believe that you can remove sin from your life you know oh sure so i do believe that you can to use the metaphor get the log out of your eye and i don't think that there would be teachings from paul and john and peter about judging and and doing so correctly if if that wasn't possible and that's actually something i wanted to bring up if if you want to go there is just other scriptures and the way that we as Christians actually tend to blow up other, or, or not blow up, um, to use other scriptures to justify judging when that's might not be entirely what they mean. But Paul judges, you know, he makes judgments on how to operate the church and he instructs people on how to make good judgments. Oh, yeah. So, and there's even spots Paul does it, so does the Apostle John, mm-hmm. where he name they name specific people and yeah. say, these people have left the faith and uh, you know pretty and some of them it's an accusation of like false teaching Mm -hmm. and so but but one thing i just i was going to read something quickly 
from 1 Corinthians because to answer my own question, I do think like Jesus wasn't just speaking of something that's not possible. No, it is possible for the log to be removed. Hmm. Is it 1 Corinthians and, 5? Yeah. Okay. And I, I think one of the major, th- like none, none of us will ever be without sin entirely until we are in heaven with Christ. But there are degrees of sometimes someone is doing something so egregious mm-hmm. and that's leading them so far astray or leading others astray that someone needs to step in and correct them. Not that that person has all their stuff together, but mm-hmm. the sin is just such a big deal. So, yeah, in in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul finds out that there's someone that is apparently sleeping with their stepmother. Mm-hmm. So in verse 1, he says, It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a mm-hmm. man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Actually, I was about to go, woo, my, but you kind of beat me to it a little bit. Um, that's that's some heavy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, there, and there's a lot of different questions there. What exactly does this or that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, delivering him over to Satan is it's most likely him talking about excommunicating him, kicking him out mm-hmm. of the, the, the fellowship. Yeah. Kind of leaving him to his own devices. Yes. Really. And then, of course, there's the, the question of, well, you're delivering, over, delivering him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. Well, what does that mean, the destruction of the flesh? And so there are some who you have to be like a hardcore Calvinist and all about predestination uh, to think this. It's that it actually means that God's going to kill him, mm-hmm. but that he's still going to go to heaven because he's predestined for salvation. It's, it's kind of a, like, how do you know? That's exactly what he means. It's all, it just seems kind of out there. But um, the other one is that when you put him outside the the family of faith, that God's hand is going to be taken back some, and the enemy is just going to slam him. And like the prodigal son, similar to our boy with the pigs, and uh, yeah, he's going to be running back to mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, that that's definitely the interpretation I think is most sound. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that came up that I I wanted just to mention is I think it might be good in our society, not even for Christians, but to make a distinction between judgment and condemnation. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people confuse those two, and that's why they go so nuts about this. Mm-hmm. What do you think? About what? I mean, I, there's a About difference. What I just said. <laughs> no, I mean, you yes. never listen to me, Blair. <laughs> I know that. No, there's there's a difference. Yeah, and I think even with kind of a more condemnation leaning way, um, something that I wanted to to bring up, and this is loosely your question, so 
forgive me if I'm not answering it, but there's this common thread I've noticed with Christians that are angry. You know, they get angry at stuff. And actually, uh, a pastor that we talked about recently talked about this and how Jesus gets mad. And he didn't quote this scripture, but he talks about Jesus not running away from a fight. And a, a scripture that I hear a lot is, you know, Jesus goes into the temple and he gets the whips out and he's overturning tables and he's he's losing his, his cool. And people will say, see, Jesus got mad too. So it's okay to get mad and, and he made judgment and that's okay. But as far as that kind of judgment, not only is, is you know, that's his father's house, you know, he's, he's referred to it, but it's also he has the authority to make that judgment and that condemnation. So the judgment, um, I think, leans more towards a, a correction or even an opinion versus condemnation. They're definitely not the same thing. And oh, so, sure. and so using Jesus's actions in certain circumstances, I think is unwise because yeah, yeah. you're taking, you're taking Jesus's action and he had so much, so, so much reason to flip those tables and, you know, they just, you know, in his mind, I'm sure perverted the temple and, you know, turned it into something that it was never meant to be. And and he's so angry about it because he is he's holy and he's righteous you know so he's got this righteous anger that we as christians or, or fleshly people cannot understand absolutely and you know with with condemnation the way that i usually view it is that it's kind of like a final pronouncement mm -hmm. when you judge something it's you're looking at it and you're comparing it to a certain standard, let's say the word of God and the, the, um, the morality you see in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And you say, that thing that's being done does not line up with the word of God. But that's not the same thing as saying that you should be condemned to hell. Like you're doing this particular thing and it's over for you. Your whole life should be canceled. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it because you've done this thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. And that's there not are, the, those are different things. Yeah. And there are plenty of Christians, to be fair, that do that are on both sides of that, that are not that judgmental. But there are plenty of Christians who are so ready to get out there and just condemn, or at least that's their tone, and they are not careful about. They might that seem judgment. like it, and I look like looking even at what we read from the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. someone the average person would read that and say well that's that's condemning like mm -hmm. this he's condemning this guy but he's not no what is he doing he's saying this man needs to be kicked out because his sin is so bad even the unbelievers don't even do stuff this yeah. bad and he he needs to get kicked out and he is going to like, like get hammered by the enemy mm -hmm. and hopefully it will cause him to run back to god what is that that's restorative yeah. That's that's really it's correction. The hope is yeah. to correct that hard, to bring hard him, correction. Yeah, bring him back into the household of faith. That's a judgment. That's actually not a condemnation. So that's something that we need to keep in mind. I think as we're like wrapping up here, something a, a, a principle for me that I think is really important with judging is you have to look in your own heart and you have to ask yourself what's the motive. What am I trying to accomplish here? Mm -hmm. And what's what's um, the goal for this particular 
person or for mm-hmm. correcting this particular teaching or thought yeah. is the point to assert that you're right and that that person's wrong mm-hmm. or to make you look good and that person bad? Or is it, I don't know, something along those lines or is the goal that that person would correct yeah. that thing that's happening and get right with God? And especially, are you talking to this person about it? Are you talking to other people about what that person's doing? Because mm-hmm. most of the time, that's not okay. How yeah. is that helping that person mm-hmm. correct this issue? Yeah, unless it's kind of the, the example of the witnesses. You know, you bring two or three witnesses. Oh, sure, sure. And that's yeah. Yeah, that, but that's different. That's not... Than talking to someone else privately yeah. about so-and-so's Which sin issue. Which none of us have experienced, or not. neither of us have ever experienced. <laughs> no, I've never gossiped, nor have I been gossiped about. It hasn't happened. Yeah. And just to kind of reiterate, when you when you talked about 1 Corinthians, part of it, uh, 5.12, um, about judging... Um, judging within the church, judging inside the church, and God judging the ones outside. So again, just yes. co- correction because you can say something is wrong and that could be true. Um, but again, just judging somebody or offering that correction within the church, I guess maybe it's okay to be a little extra harsh if someone is claiming to be uh, saved, cl- claiming to be Christian. Absolutely. Um, people who are um, of the household of faith are held to a higher standard. But Paul, in this same chapter, exactly, he makes it clear that, you know, the people who engage in all of these lifestyles and behaviors that are against the commands of God, if they're not Christians, like, who are we to judge those? God judges the world, not us. I'm Because mm. he's telling them, I, I don't even want you eating or breaking bread with someone who is an idolater or sexually immoral. And like false immoral. teachers too, right? And yeah, he lists them all. If someone's guilty of sexual immorality or greed, mm-hmm. an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. But he makes clear Christian people who uh, confess Christianity and are living this sort of lifestyle, mm-hmm. that's who he's talking about, where there needs to be this, you know, almost like a shunning, in yeah. order to bring about repentance. That's that's the goal. Yeah. So, yeah, again, I mean, just to, just to wrap up, Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 gives a really hard teaching on judging. Mm-hmm. And yes, it does permit judgment of one Christian to another, but there's a huge, huge caution uh, against it. And, and just to really make sure that you're looking to benefit this other person that you've dealt with these issues that you have mm-hmm. so that you can see clearly to help your brother. The, the, the idea of judgment is mostly about helping, mm-hmm. about restoring. Like the Apostle Paul talks elsewhere, it's about um, restoring your brother in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. And that's the way Christ wants it. But we need to be very careful. And, yeah. And... That you, you said it all, but I, for my wrap-up, yeah, we need to be so m- much more careful than I think any of us really are, and or at least, it, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, and it's all about correction. So, regard, you know, we've given opinions on here about the way other people do things or say things or how they're operating, and some of that could have been some 
riled up kind of boiling stuff inside and it could have been a reflection of us and even just to look back and say were we as loving or as open-minded as we could have been probably not so just as we're looking at you know whether it's a political thing or whether it's a uh, denominational thing you know so many people think these denominations have it wrong and this is the one denomination that's the right way to worship god and the difference between the right way and then the best way but we just look for examples and look for ways to judge christians and non-christians because i think everyone kind of wants to be or at least feel like they're not the worst one absolutely so i would warn against that because that is that's admittedly it's something that I'm really not so much struggling with, but just being aware of in my own life and dealing with is the just because I wouldn't do something a certain way or even don't like it or don't think it's correct. That's not my place to judge, especially not condemn. <laughs> but yeah. even that is not a judgment because I haven't removed whatever needs to be removed from me. Or I haven't gained that wisdom, even. So there's a lot that goes into making a judgment. And again, it's just with the, just to wrap up with Matthew 7 specifically, there's so much around leading up to just do this and then you can do it, but it's all about helping. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Whew. Thanks. But yeah, thank you for that that wrap up Blair and uh, it's, it's been great chatting on this very important topic. It's been mm. great having you folks join us. This has been very good. A Christian podcast. I am Sean Fowler and I will always be Blair Davis. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Very Good Christian Podcast. A special thank you to Cody James MSC for the theme music you hear in this episode. For more content, check out our YouTube and Facebook pages titled Very Good Christian Podcast and check out our social media pages on Instagram and Parlor at VGCPod as well as consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast.